Hello from the newsroom of the Financial Times in London. I'm Suzanne Blimson. Six years ago, Susanna Chapitova was a little-known lawyer fighting the expansion of a toxic landfill site outside the Slovak capital, Bratislava. Now she is the surprise frontrunner to become Slovakia's next president. Ben Hall discusses her rise to prominence with James Schotter. To, čo to pre mňa ale signalizuje zatiaľ, ak sa môžem takto vyjadriť k tomu, čo je na teraz známe, je, je volanie po zmene. Zdá sa mi, že uh, slovenskí voliči a voličky... That was Susanna Chapitova reacting to her convincing win in the first round of Slovakia's presidential elections at the weekend. She was promising to bring a liberal, socially progressive and more ethical approach to her country's politics. James, can you give us an idea of her background and her work as a lawyer? Yes, Susanna Chapitova came to prominence in Slovakia when she spearheaded a campaign against the expansion of a toxic waste site in Pezinok, which is a small town outside Bratislava from which she comes. Then she also was involved in a campaign to get some controversial pardons issued by Vladimir Mircea, who was Slovakia's strongman leader in the 1990s, overturned. That was in 2017. After that, she entered politics last year by joining Progressive Slovakia, which is a new party that hasn't yet had a chance to run in national elections and so isn't in parliament. But that was basically her entry into Slovak politics. The campaign for the presidential elections began this year, and even several weeks into that, she wasn't really that high in the polls, but after some decent performances in some of the pre-election debates and the withdrawal of another moderate opposition candidate, she jumped dramatically in the polls, and that was basically the background to her performance on Saturday, where she ended up you know, winning more than double the votes of her nearest challenger and putting her in a strong position to potentially win the presidency outright in the second round. Ms Chapatova is riding a wave of public revulsion over corruption in Slovakia. And to understand that, you've probably got to go back to the murder of the investigative journalist Jan Kuciak and his fiance just over a year ago. Tell us what happened. Yes, exactly. So this was a, a horrible story. I mean, basically, Jan Kuciak, he was a young investigative reporter with the website Actuality. He and his fiance were found having been shot dead at their home in February last year. The police were quick to link the killing to Kuciak's work as an investigative reporter. He did investigated various cases of businessmen with links to politics in Slovakia. The investigation took a long time, but police last year charged four people in connection with the killings. And then last week, just two days before the election, they finally charged a man with ordering the murder. Now, Chapatova was very good at tapping into this sense of anger at corruption that the killings and the fact that police had linked them to good sex investigations into corruption had caused. Her campaign slogan was against evil and her background as a campaigning lawyer played very well with people who were fed up with the problems with corruption that Slovakia still has. But the outpouring of sort of public anger following Kuciak's murder was really pretty extraordinary. I think the country saw its biggest demonstration since the Velvet Revolution of 1989. So what did it reveal? Well, I think the strength of the action was due to two things. One was, I think, the shock that such a young reporter and his fiancée had been killed. But the second was this frustration with 
corruption, which I think many people in Slovakia still feel, you know, even 15 years after joining the EU, is still a far too big a part of their lives. I remember talking to people at the time, you know, just telling me everyday stories. I mean, one woman I remember was worried that she was going to have to pay a bribe if her mother ended up needing medical treatment to ensure that she was near the front of the queue. Another young guy who had a small business was telling me that it was almost impossible to win a tender if you didn't have contacts. So I think the killings highlighted those problems and sort of brought these feelings of frustration you know, that had already been there to a head. You met Chapatova, I think, on the campaign trail last week. What did you make of her and what did she tell you about how she's going to carry on this fight against corruption? Well, she said that she spent much of her career as a lawyer fighting for people who were victims, and she sees that as something that the president can also do. The president in Slovakia doesn't have a huge amount of power. The majority of the power is with the government, with the executive. But the president does have a bully pulpit to put pressure on organisations like the police or the judiciary to do their jobs properly. And I think she sees her role as being someone who can you know, ensure that the rule of law is a priority in Slovakia and that the momentum that is built up out of the protests that followed Kutsiak's death doesn't dissipate. James, she will face a runoff on the 30th of March against Maros Sifcevic, uh, former European commissioner, big figure in the governing centre-left Smear party. Liberals in Europe or progressives in Europe might rejoice at this choice between two centrist or centre-left figures. I think in comparison with the range of candidates that could have got into the final round, this is definitely the best outcome. On the other hand, it's important not to overlook the fact that 25% of the people who voted in last week's election voted for candidates who either are moderately hostile to the EU or, in the case of Marion Kotleba, would like Slovakia to leave it all together. So there is still you know, a sizable percentage of the Slovak population that has a much more sceptical view towards the EU and what it stands for. Part of Chapatova's success was due to the fact that the other moderate opposition candidate dropped out and endorsed her, so you know, the moderate opposition camp was united, whereas the far-right camp was split between two other candidates. So it could have worked out very differently. Uh, the other question is what sort of campaign Shevchevich will now run. Um, I think the big question now is the extent to which he's prepared to adopt a more aggressive approach in order to hoover up some of these votes that went to the extreme candidates. James, are we seeing a bit of a sort of liberal, anti-populist renaissance in Central Europe? You have Susanna Chapotova in Slovakia, you have Robert Biedron in Poland, you have the Momentum Party in Hungary, you even have a liberal president locking horns with a centre-left party in Romania that's kind of mired in rule of law and lack of transparency issues. How far do you think this kind of new wave could go? I think it's definitely right that there is... I mean, there has always been a section of society in Central Europe that doesn't like the policies of the governments that are in power in places like Hungary and Poland. The problem has always been channeling that energy into electoral success. I think in the case of Chapatova in Slovakia, it's impossible to overlook 
the role that the murder of Kuciak and his fiancée played in her success. I mean, we've seen in Hungary the opposition last year failed to coalesce before the parliamentary elections in April. In Poland, ahead of the European elections in May, several opposition groups have managed to coalesce. I mean, the question is now whether they will indeed go on and beat law and justice. If they did, I think that would be, in some ways, a more significant result than a Czechoslovakia election, not just because Poland's a much bigger country, but obviously because the opposition would have managed to galvanise itself without the tragic and really unique events that have occurred in Slovakia. That was Ben Hall, our Europe editor, talking to James Schotter, East Europe correspondent. Thanks for listening. Remember, if you're not already a subscriber and would like to discover more FT content, you can find our latest subscription offers at ft.com slash offer. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.